Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into Fizz Final. Jaron May here with Thomas Schultz. We are breaking down Syracuse's loss to Clemson 47-21, your final score. Check all of our content out on our Twitter page at Orange Fizz, on our website, orangefizz.net. And, of course, go follow us on SoundCloud and, and listen to all of our audio content on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. Thomas, listen, this game, as even though the final score is lopsided in Clemson's point of view... I mean, the first half for Syracuse was pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, especially going down to Death Valley, you're playing the top team in the country. Look, you're down 17-0 to in the first quarter, and you might be thinking, all right, this can get out of hand. You're a 46-and-a-half-point underdog. But Syracuse and Rex Culpepper really fought back, scored 14, outscored the Tigers in the second quarter. And I think if you're Syracuse, there's a lot of positives, one being Sean Tucker. You kind of have an established running back now. Yeah, I mean, Sean Tucker was fantastic. I, I've been impressed with him throughout this entire season. Today didn't really change that in my mind because he's been solid this entire year. Where I want to start is where Syracuse was great today. And you kind of mentioned to you mentioned it. Sean Tucker was fantastic. The first half, the Orange looked pretty darn good. If you told me that going into the halftime break, it would be a 17 to rather uh, 27 to 14 game. I would take that especially when the game started with a Clemson scoring in their first drive in a minute 23 seconds. It took them a minute 23 seconds to find the back of the end zone first. And I was I was watching the game with my buddy and I was like, "All right, well, uh when's the next time they're going to score? When is, when are they going to when is Syracuse going to pull Rex? Um how long is it going to take Syracuse to score? How many points is Clemson going to have before Syracuse finally gets on the board?" We were playing all these hypothetical games. And Syracuse actually looked pretty darn good in the first in the first half plus the third quarter. It was just the fourth quarter that really hurt them. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, that first opening kickoff and their kick returner takes it into Syracuse territory, you're thinking, well, this point spread might have been pretty accurate, but Syracuse does something which we haven't really seen Dino Babers do in his time at Syracuse, and that's run the football a lot, mm-hmm. really ground the ball, ground the ball. And I mean, of course, Orange is the new fast was his motto from a couple of years ago with Tommy DeVito. You have this guy who you think, all right, well, we're going to throw the ball a lot. Dino Babers has this really good running back now and kind of a, a lot of good pieces emerging on this team. And I think he's saying, all right, well, look, we can't do that against Clemson. Maybe we can do that against some other teams. I don't know if you can with this team, but you have a couple of guys who if you really utilize and you kind of try to keep play away with the Clemson Tigers, you might be able to keep this game close. And they did that today. The thing that Syracuse kind of, they shot themselves in the foot. And that's that's the thing that happened. Because they had the opportunities, they were looking really good. And when you talk about rushing versus passing, uh, at least in attempts, Syracuse had 32 rush attempts, only 26 passing attempts. So they were a run-heavy offense today, which you don't really see. It's mostly bubble screens, it's slants over the middle, it's a deep ball here and there. Uh, but with with the emergence of Sean Tucker, that is very helpful. Now, the whole shooting yourself in the foot is what really hurt Syracuse today because there were costly uh, penalties when it was a false start when you had some momentum going or you have a Rex Culpepper interception and Rex didn't have his best day 10 for 26 three interceptions only one touchdown 175 yards through the air Um, 
I think that's where you start. And we've talked about some positives. I think you also have to be realistic and talk about the negatives. And those negatives are kind of bad. And that's why you lost this game when you were six points away from uh, the number one team in the country. Jaron, you mentioned the penalties, and that's been a year-long trend. What's tough to swallow if you're a Syracuse football fan is this week wasn't anything crazy for this team penalty-wise. This was a pretty, actually, good week for them, which, against the number one yeah. team in the country, if yeah. you're Syracuse, you have to play a perfect game. And maybe something that's positive if you're a Syracuse football fan is, for a large portion of this game, Syracuse was in it, even though they didn't play they well. They didn't play well for, or they didn't play at least perfectly for a large portion of it. They had the penalties. I remember the second play from scrimmage for the Syracuse offense, they have a false start. Yeah. Usually those first 10 plays are scripted, so there's a lot of positives, but of course, you really need to clean up those negatives, and that's been a year-long trend and something Dino Babers and his coaching staff really have to harper on in practice in the coming weeks. Yeah, Jaron May here with Thomas Schultz on Fizz Final, breaking down the loss Syracuse just endured to the number one team in the country, 47-21. The Orange fall to the Tigers of Clemson. And there were some negatives. There were some pod- positives. We've touched on both. Here's one thing that was a little surprising. The point of... It's been a negative this year. It was a negative last year. It was probably been the biggest negative of this entire team for the past couple years. That's the offensive line. They only allowed two sacks today. Yeah, the offensive line played really well. And if you told me coming into today down in Death Valley that Syracuse was going to outrush the Clemson Tigers, I'd say you're absolutely bonkers, but they did that today. (laughs) They had 32 attempts, 150 yards. The Orange did. Clemson had 37, 147 yards. And, of course, they've got probably the top running back in all of college football. And, of course, Trevor Lawrence being a future number one overall draft pick helps that running game too. But Syracuse was fantastic on the ground today, and a lot of that is due to Sean Tucker. But, of course, Nikeem Johnson had a really big run that set them up in good field position in Clemson territory as well. And I think really what's something that we haven't seen this year or last year is a competent run defense if you're Syracuse. Obviously, last year they were giving up 200 yards a game. Yes, they gave up 147 to Clemson, but they run the ball 37 times, and you got to think, against the number one team in the country, that team, they're going to be able to run the ball and pound it on you. That really wasn't the case today, so that's a big, big positive for Syracuse football. Yeah, it wasn't the case. There's multiple reasons why. Number one, Travis Etienne, who is, like you said, the best running back in the country, and I agree with that take. He was out due to injury a couple different times in this game. He got banged up multiple times, and I have no idea why Clemson was trying to force him back in that game. My hypothetical reason is because he was very close to beating the ACC all-time rushing yards uh, number one spot. Listen, he's going to get that at some point this year. I don't know why you have to force that down his throat this game. I think it was more him than the coaches that really wanted him back in the game. Um He had a good game. I mean, 86 yards for a running back is decent in college. For his standards, it's not that good. And for his standards against Syracuse, that's horrible. Um, He also, I mean, he did have three touchdowns. But there's an article out on orangefizz.net if you want to go check it out. Brad Klein wrote it, and it was basically deciding who you wanted to pick you apart. Would it be Travis Etienne or Trevor Lawrence? You knew one of them was going to have a really good game. You probably would have rather had Trevor Lawrence pick you apart because we just know how bad the Syracuse defense, rushing defense has been, and Travis Etienne could have had his day. 
they really honed in on the rush defense this week. I give Dino Babers and Tony White props for being able to do that because that's a big issue that at least I've had. I know a lot of Syracuse fans have had. So it's pretty good that they fix that. But then if you really key in on the run game, you have the best quarterback prospects ever just throw the ball all over your defense. Yeah, and that's what Clemson decided to do once Travis Etienne went out with injury. Trevor Lawrence finishes with 289 yards to the air, a couple touchdowns, and his first pick six of his career, that was Garrett Williams on the pick six. I thought, Jim, what was interesting, though, is, yes, Travis Etienne played well. So did Trevor Lawrence. Neither of those guys dominated Syracuse today, and I thought going into this week, all right, Maybe you can try it. Hold on. How do you define dominate? Because Trevor Lawrence threw for 289 yards and two touchdowns. Well, here's the thing. I think if you can limit him from 350 or more, that's a good week for Syracuse. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Expectations are pretty low here. And I'm not saying he had a bad week. He didn't. He had a very good week. But for Trevor Lawrence, like you said, 86 yards for Travis Etienne for him is a little bit low. Trevor Lawrence, he's probably like, Man, oh man, I shouldn't have thrown that pick. Only his second of the season. He wanted to go the whole year without throwing an interception. Obviously, you're not going to stop either of those guys. It's just not going to happen if you're Syracuse football. But they did at least limit them as much as they possibly could. And I think, yes, Trevor Lawrence has 289 yards and a couple of scores. But if you're Syracuse, you're saying, look, man, this is the best draft quarterback prospect since... Paid Manning, yeah. at least. like yeah. You're not going to be able to control him. Travis Etienne, same thing. But you at least were able to prevent an onslaught that happened to Georgia Tech last week. Yeah, okay. So you're right. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a god amongst men. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is that situation right there. When anybody throws for nearly 300 yards on you, I would say it's bad. Um, when it you put it in Syracuse football standards in 2020, <laughs> I guess that's good, especially when you take into account it's Trevor Lawrence. That's fine. Uh, there was a name that you brought up, and I want to touch on that, Garrett Williams. And really the entire defense has been great so far this season. Michael Jones has been the name that has really stood out over the past couple of games. Um, He had a forced fumble. They couldn't recover it. He had seven tackles, but it was really Garrett Williams who stood out today. Eight total tackles, one tackle for a loss, and he had a pick six plus two pass breakups. He was absolutely fantastic, and the thing is, he's going to be with the Orange for a lot longer because he's only a redshirt freshman. If you're Syracuse football, I know some of your freshmen in the secondary, Rob Hanna, Jihad Carter, uh, they're young guys. They have a lot of growth to do, but Garrett Williams is a redshirt freshman, like you said, Jaron, and is already making big-time plays and might be, besides Trill Williams and maybe Ify Melifonwu, one of the best players on this Syracuse team and especially in the secondary. And today, of course, we mentioned he had that pick six. You mentioned he had a couple pass breakups, but he also made good plays. He tackled Travis Etienne behind the line of scrimmage, excuse me, and he was all over the field. And I know Trevor Lawrence really tried to target him on a couple of different occasions, and it just didn't work. Garrett Williams wasn't letting these one-on-one situations go against him. He was getting his hands in there, batting the ball away from receivers. Mm-hmm. He was somebody that if you're a Syracuse football fan, you're thinking, this is the guy of the future for the Dino Babers era. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. Going into this game, Garrett Williams was leading the entire NCAA with zero touchdowns allowed on 30 targets in in coverage. It's crazy. Absolutely fantastic. Also, that one play, and it was probably the best 
defensive play today other than in the most impactful other than the pick six I mean yes his pick six was the most impactful obviously you pick off Trevor Lawrence and you bring it to the house for the first time ever in Lawrence's career that's a big play the other big play was a loft down the middle of the field Amari Rogers who's their Clemson's best wide receiver one of the top wide receivers in the entire country right now Garrett Williams sticks with him it's a perfectly thrown ball by Trevor Lawrence I mean, Amari Rogers brings it in. He has it in his hands, falls to the ground, and while he's falling, literally the ball is in his hands. Both him and Williams do a somersault. Williams has the uh, athletic ability and just the ability to control his body to, while he's doing a somersault, get his hand in there, look at the ball. You could see it on the slow-mo that he was watching the ball, get his hand in there and rip it out after probably a second, second and a half of possession by Amari Rogers, who has... Great hands, uh, very strong player, and was trying to shield it from Williams. I mean, Garrett Williams is a stud. There's nothing else you can say about it. That's a veteran defensive back move. That's not something you see from a redshirt freshman who started playing the position midway through high school, switching from quarterback. Garrett Williams is a guy, and you mentioned, Jaron, against Clemson's top wide receiver, and we know Clemson's top wide receivers have a tendency to be early round draft picks in the NFL draft. (laughs) Anybody uh, that goes to Clemson is early round. And if you're Garrett Williams or if you're Tino Babers, you got to be on the sideline saying, man, oh, man, this guy is legit because – Usually you don't see defensive backs, especially young defensive backs, keep with a play after the receiver hits the ground because by that time you think, all right, it's over. He either catches it or he doesn't. Kara Williams never gives up. He's saying, oh, he's still got possession. Let me just rip this away. And, of course, on those other two tries that, again, Trevor Lawrence kept trying to go to – uh, his receivers like Amari, or Mari Rogers on those one-on-one opportunities with Garrett Williams, and it just wasn't happening. And Garrett Williams, like you mentioned, he's leading college football with 30 uh, pass attempts against him in the red zone. And you got to think, if a guy's not giving up big plays then, it's just not going to happen. And so Garrett Williams, it's not like he hasn't been tested. He has, but he's been Excellent, and I think that's a very big, very big positive for Syracuse in a rather bleak season. Jaron May here with Thomas Schultz on Fizz Final, wrapping up th- some thoughts on Syracuse versus Clemson today. The Tigers with a 47-21 victory on top of the Orange. The Orange fall to 1-5, Clemson 6-0. But hey, there is a silver lining. Syracuse went into this game as 46-point dogs. They covered. They covered. So, I mean, you got you to gotta smile on that. They had a couple chances. But the issue, and I think the biggest talking point or the biggest issue that Syracuse now needs to think about going forward is the quarterback play. And listen, you know Tommy DeVito is out due to injury. That's your QB1. QB2 is Rex Culpepper. He's a five-year player. He's a redshirt senior. He knows the system. He just doesn't have the pure talent as uh, you need in a Power 5 quarterback. Um So Rex Culpepper throws three interceptions. Some of them looked really, really bad. And I don't want to say that there's a quarterback controversy because I think Culpepper starts in the next game. But there are some names that are behind him that might start to get some more attention, even though they already have have, uh, some attention right now. Yeah, and I think something that is also important to think about is that maybe Dino Babers is trying to just give these guys more time in practice because when Tommy DeVito was still the starting quarterback, if you're the third string, the fourth string quarterback on the roster, you're just not getting a lot of reps. And so now, Jacoby and Morgan seems like he's the second string guy. He came in after Rex Culpepper went out late in the fourth quarter, just handed the ball off to Marquinsey Pierre a couple times. But it seems like, you're right, Jaron, Rex just 
doesn't have those intangibles. He just doesn't have the arm strength or the arm accuracy to be a good, solid ACC quarterback. Maybe those other guys do. Maybe they don't. It depends what Dino Babers wants to do with the season, though. Do you want to have a developmental season? And with 45% of your starters being freshmen... That's maybe, crazy, by the way. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's the way you should go. And I don't think if you're a recruit that looks bad at Syracuse, you're saying, all right, well, they've got a ton of injuries. They're just seeing what they got right now, and that's not a bad thing. Or do you want to try to win? Maybe I just want to see new guys play and see what we got, but I kind of like going the developmental route, seeing what Jacoby Morgan or Dylan Markowitz brings to the table, and this is a chance for them to really play big-time ACC competition. Here's the thing, and you talk to his uh, his high school head coach. You have Justin Lamson coming mm-hmm. in, um, and I think we both agree, and you can let me know. I mean, I think we both agree that he's going to be the next guy. I mean, he looks like Eric Dungy, right? Yeah. No, okay. His his head coach, uh, you can find it on Fizz Film Room on orangefizz.net. He said, this guy, look, man, he, his tape doesn't show a lot of dual threat capability, but that's because he hurt his foot. He's the real deal. Yeah. So if you have Justin coming in as presumably the next guy after Tommy DeVito, DeVito does have another year after this one. Um, so you start DeVito next year. Maybe you have a, co- a quarterback controversy. You probably do, but who knows? Um so would you really want to give some snaps this year to Markowitz and Morgan and kind of get their hopes up, even though you know that you have your next guy? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, you can always say, well, we got this big-time high school quarterback commit. They don't always pan out. Just look at Tommy DeVito. He was a big-time four-star commit, and he's been all right. He's been fine. He's probably the best quarterback on the roster, but never at any point this year are you saying, why not try somebody new? Because, look, Tommy DeVito's the starter, but it's not like he was fantastic or anything. I think Dylan Markwitz is a guy who's kind of that Tommy DeVito mold where he's got this really big arm, doesn't always have the most accurate passes in the world, but he's got the opportunity to make some plays. Jacoby and Morgan, kind of the same thing. Might as well see what you got with your dual-threat guys, which under Dino Babers, even though he's a pro-style quarterback guy, the dual-threats have been the most successful under him. Dual-threats. Yeah, singular dual threats. You <laughs> you put an S on the end of that. It's only been one. We only right. have seen Eric Dungy so far. Um, okay, before we go, I got two quick questions for you. If you were Dino Babers moving forward, and let's just say Rex Culpepper isn't in, in this conversation, are you starting Morgan or are you starting Markowitz? So we haven't really seen a lot of Jacoby and Morgan. He didn't play a whole lot of high school ball taking over for a team that Really wasn't that good before he took over. Now he's a third-string guy. Dylan Markwitz had dressed out before him. I know Markwitz has played high 5A Texas high school football. you got to think some of that carries over to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, he'd be the guy that I'd go for in the near future. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I don't think... Or we neither of us have been to practice. We don't know how they're performing at practice, what type of um, like friendships they have, what type of skill levels they have but yeah I would go Markowitz just on based on the research that we have currently done um all right before we finish up Fizz Fizz final uh let's now look ahead so Wake Forest is coming up next week what does Syracuse need to key on as number one goal during practice this week to prep for Wake Forest they need to do what I think they did this week and just try to stop the run because Sam Hartman, he doesn't scare me. Wake's starting quarterback, he Mm -hmm. took over after Jamie Newman transferred to Georgia. I think if you can stop Wake Forest on the ground, Syracuse, you can control possession. Sean Tucker, he got banged up today. I think he'll be all right. He walked off under his own power. If you stop Wake on the run game, you can take over, get a lot of possession, 
and win the football game on Saturday. So I know the defense has been a big issue so far this season. I haven't been too high on it. There are plenty of articles to document that on orangefizz.net if you want to go check them out. I think the offense is where the improvement needs to happen. And you look at the different units. Offensive line, eh, they're pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I should say that, but they're they're decent right yeah. now. Um, so I don't I'm not going to put my preference my preference there. Quarterback, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be the same thing from whoever starts and whoever plays. The running back Sean Tucker is fine. The wide receivers are okay. I mean, we haven't even talked about it, but Taj Harris was not in today's game, which we assume is disciplinary action because he flipped the bird to the uh, TV last game uh, when they got blown out by Liberty. Eh, It wasn't really a complete blowout. So what I am going to say, and a key for Wake Forest, is improve the play calling because it's been an issue throughout this season, and there's an article out on orangefizz.net that I wrote this past week. And it's entitled, Who's More to Blame? And it talks about Tony White, Sterling Gilbert, and Dino Babers. I think Sterling Gilbert has been, of those three, probably the most to blame. Now, it it's probably Dino, just because you're the head man. You're going to catch the, the good when the good is there. You're going to catch the bad when the bad is there. Um, but Sterling Gilbert has not been too impressive with this play calling, and I think that's the big issue going into Wake Forest. Yeah, it seems like it. I don't know if he's doing the play calling, but Dino Babers at the same time, he's an offensive guy. If if Gilbert's having a lot of influence and these plays aren't working, Babers has to step in and say, hey, I'm going to take over. I'm going to do what I want to do because I've had success in the past, and whatever's happening right now just isn't working, and I agree. Tony White, there's just too many injuries. You can't really fault him. There's no defense in the country right now. I'm a believer in the 3-3-5. There's no defense that's going to be successful with the amount of injuries they have on defense. Yeah, like you said, 45% of the starters in today's game against Clemson were freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Syracuse falls to Clemson, 47-21. We're wrapping it up here on Fizz Final. Before we go, let's look at some final stats from this game. Syracuse only Syracuse actually won the rushing battle 150 yards on the ground. Clemson only 147. We thought that was going to be the big key to this game. And Travis Etienne was kind of held at bay. He was also injured for parts of it. Passing, it was all Clemson. 308 yards through the air. Syracuse only able to manage 175. Total offense, if you add all that up, Clemson 455. The Orange only 325. But they did average a little more than Clemson per per play. 5.6 yards per play, while the Tigers only had 5.4. Now, before we go, I would like to read one more stat, and I would also like your reaction on this. Nolan Cooney is an absolute stud. Seven punts, 282 yards for an average of 40 yards per punt, and three of them were inside the 20. Look, (laughs) he's fantastic. I mean, (laughs) last year Syracuse's best player was punter Sterling Hofrichter. This year, their best player is Nolan Cooney and Jaron. That one former punt. walk-on. Yeah, exactly. That one punt. I don't know who, like, who. Whatever's happening, the magic they're feeding their punters, but it's working. He had that one punt that was it bounced at the one yard line. I thought it was going into the end zone. Pounces back. Syracuse downs it at the three yard line. He's absolutely incredible. Nolan Cooney, an absolute star for Syracuse. That's really all they can hang their hat on. Garrett Williams, Michael Jones, also pretty good. 
but not enough for Syracuse to grab a win in Death Valley today. Again, your final score, Clemson 47, Syracuse 21. This has been Jaron May and Thomas Schultz on Fizz Final. Make sure you go check out all of our content, orangefizz.net, on Twitter at orangefizz, and on SoundCloud at orangefizz as well. All right, we're going to be wrapping it up here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you tune in again next week as Syracuse takes on Wake Forest next Saturday at noon. This has been Jaron May and Thomas Schultz on Fizz Final. We'll see you next time.